Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about The Handmaid's Tale, Season 3, Episode 8, it is called Unfit. So, full spoilers for the episode, as always. This one, uh, we get flashbacks to Aunt Lydia, uh, yeah. which is kind of notable, uh, first time I've ever done that, and she uh, was a school teacher, uh, which kind of makes some sense, given who she is. Yeah. And- it was also her second career. She was a lawyer before, I think. Yeah, yeah, she mentioned that at one point. Uh, and we get this story of her uh, growing concerned because this this young boy in her class, uh, her mother, is late to pick her up one day. And she actually gets to know her mother and kind of tries to help her a little bit. C- kind of not unlike how she tries to help the handmaids in a, in a weird way. Obviously, it's yeah. not as hands-on, but it definitely you can see the kind of the, the theme. I mean, they're, they're spending Christmas at hers. Yes. It's pretty hands-on. Okay, it's hands-on, but it's it's done under a guise of optional friendship, I suppose. Uh, Whereas when we see, by the end of the story, of course, she she takes some steps that that go really, really far. Um, But, you know, she she gives these glasses, every time the the mother, you know, swears in front of her child, every time she mentions, you know, whatever guy she's trying to date uh, right now, there's a constant judgmental kind of uh, shock to her and she tries for a while to help her as best she can um but you know when i say help her she tries to convince her to, to not be who she is um yeah. and well she's not necessarily 100 percent incorrect about everything she's trying to get her to improve upon you know like um not being late to pick up her son making sure he has like a decent lunch th- things yeah, like that like those things are pretty squarely under the responsibility of a teacher Yes, to, to you know, to to keep an eye on those things. Like you know, oh, you know, he came with a you know packet of crisps or whatever the lunch was. It was something stupid. Yeah, uh, so you know, we, we get that. Um, but one of the things that this mother tries to do in return, again, thinking she's having a friendship with, with uh, Lydia, is buys her a Christmas presents, gets her some makeup, and she's kind of constantly trying to like prod her and convince her to try and date people, and like, no, don't be lonely, you know. Go, go and yeah. you know have have a life for yourself kind of thing, um. And she does actually convince her to essentially go on a date on New Year's Eve with the principal of the school, who we who we do see in the opening scene, in the opening flashback, yes, with with Lydia, um. And it's clear that he kind of respects her and how how dedicated she is to to dealing with things, and um, there's a bit of camaraderie there, and they're on this date and. You know, they seem to be having some amount of fun. They kind of admit they like each other. The New Year's hits, you know, midnight hits, and they, it's a kind of an awkward kiss. It doesn't feel very natural, but they keep having fun. She, she it was, she kind of turns away from the kiss, yeah. and it kind of felt like that was the end of it. But then it wasn't. Then it wasn't, and then he ends up back at her place, and they're talking about Christmas, and even kind of loosely make plans for next Christmas, which usually suggests you're not planning on running away anytime soon. Um, yeah. And she actually does go in for for a proper kiss. I, I never really... If you'd have told me back in episode one that we'd eventually get uh, Aunt Lydia having a Frenching scene with someone, I would have said you were crazy, but uh, here we are. Uh, but he's actually the one who pulls away this time and says he's not ready, and she feels uh, rejected uh, clearly yeah. by this. And, you know, it, it does bring into question, like, you know, well, she does clearly have noble goals and she does care about kids and cares about... Um, 
improving things and that she does have these strong religious standards that she wants to be helped maintained and yeah and she so was on. very religious already she's quoting i can't remember what it was at the start something from the bible yeah yeah some 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 chapter um yeah. and so so we get a clear idea of who she is but you also get this idea that like her own loss and her own insecurities actually kind of what's driven her to that like sh- such strong belief because it's after the scene where she like reports the mother and gets the the son taken away because uh, clearly by this point because we already see there's a guard in the school uh we're already kind of on the path to gilead you know we're already at that place where you know because we've seen this yeah. in previous flashbacks where you know uh, i remember emily being questioned about things and yeah it wasn't you know. an overnight thing yeah uh, so we're clearly in the path, and the guy who's interviewing her says, "Oh, you didn't this by the book," and this was really good. And the principal, who clearly at this point kind of like loses interest in her, essentially, is like, "Are you sure this is the right thing to do? Are you sure this?" Like, you know, he, he looks kind of horrified that she's going through with this. Uh, and then the mother comes around, and we have this confrontation where Lydia just, you know, when she's called a bitch or whatever, she's like, "I forgive you," and you know, yeah. this is the best for the child. This is the best for for young Ryan or whatever his name was. Um, so. It goes through all these things, um, and this is quite a good. Bo- I mean, there's a lot of flashbacks in this episode. This is probably a good, like forty percent, maybe fifty percent of the the episode. I'd say. Yeah, yeah, it it kind of feels like the the main focus of the episode for sure. Yeah. The question is though, is do you feel like we got something out of it? I don't know. Like, <laughs> a lot of it felt, honestly, like a lot of it felt like I was going through the motions of. You know, oh, here's the past, isn't it? On one hand, I was like, oh, I kind of want to see her past. You know, she was an interesting character. I wanted to know more. I feel like maybe we got just too much and it was too kind of just by the numbers. Yeah, I could see that. I, I think we have had so many little tidbits about Lydia's character that have been genuinely very interesting just through how she's interacted with people. Uh, mo- yeah. Moments where she's not being as strict, things like that. That, that have been painted kind of a tapestry and I'm honestly not sure how I feel about like this almost romance that kind of you know set her back and you know sent her further down the rabbit hole. I, d- I don't know if that simplifies her too much. Almost. Uh, do you know the moment I really hated? Okay. Just just one one little. It's when the kid calls her Aunt Lydia. <laughs> like, like don't get me wrong. Like, I know like p- people do that with like you know the family friends and whatever, mm-hmm. but she is still your teacher, mate. And she, she was your teacher first, so I don't know. It, fe- it felt weird. It felt like a hey, look at this foreshadowing sort of thing. I have more problems with you calling him mate than I do have him calling her Aunt Lydia. <laughs> What's wrong with that? It's just I never say it anyway. I think it's, I, I'm not a fan of saying mate, <laughs> but referring to a six-year-old as mate just feels weird to me. Uh, it's fine. It's not weird. Is weird. It's not literal. <laughs> I wasn't implying that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, so it's not weird. All right. So uh, it just, you know, like I, this episode was another kind of frustrating one for me. I feel like we are kind of in a law in the middle of the sh- middle of the season. And this, while on paper it sounds fascinating to get to see Aunt Lydia's past, you know, that should theoretically be an exciting thing. I'm not sure how exciting it actually was in the episode. No, I think it was a little mundane. I don't know. Yeah. Like, well, it didn't live up to expectations. Like I say, you know, all the little bits we've heard through interactions have always been so fascinating. The ultimate point of it, though, like in terms of like like on present day story, in terms of like 
backing up a decision she makes in the episode is this idea that like you know thinking of the handmaids as our children in, in a weird way that sometimes it's actually the the parents it's the it's the home environment that's the, the problem and that leads to her at the end saying oh i think we should remove you from you know from lawrence's house like you're not a good fit and she even like yeah. ponders that the waterfords uh maybe weren't a good fit for you and that's you know that's what all the trouble started was was them um that maybe they're there to blame and like i mean that's an interesting observation that, that she even has that much power i mean i thought it was interesting that we see her and the other, the other ants with uh, these files which i was looking Clearly at allowed to read well i was looking at them very closely there wasn't a lot of words in them there was redacted segments and most of the stuff that i could make out in the files themselves were actually just numbers the only thing that i could see that definitely had text on it was the names of the families on the the front but it must have had some level of text for them to be able to go oh this is a good fit for these people because of reasons right for, for them to be making those decisions yes um well or not they're getting to read that or like did they just get to like meet all the families you know like maybe because we do see her visit a lot of them when they have handmaids i mean i, I guess it's not that surreal to suggest that maybe it's almost like an adoption agency where at the start of the process, you know, those of who are looking for handmaids. I don't yeah. know. It's interesting. But they do seem to have the most power out of all the ladies in terms of this, in terms of the idea of keeping records of something. They No, they feel they have more power than even the, the, the wives, right? Because, yeah. you know, they're there, they're drinking. Uh, and they're kind of just, you know, in, the, in their own closed rooms, surrounded with files and sure i remember seeing like books and stuff in the room i think it was just more like folders holding these files i don't think it was books itself but yeah um i mean that that was an interesting site um but yeah ultimately it's just just to get her to that that point that realization and her when she's like dealing with the the and i think me saying that she she thinks of the handmaidens as as uh as her kids is very apt in this episode because the opening with with june and the other handmaids felt like kid bullying to me you know it was it was very you know they're at this uh, house where one of the handmaids is about to give birth so all the handmaids are there we've seen this before and they're all treating of matthew the uh, june's walking partner like shit they're bumping into her they're not accepting yeah. her stuff one spits on her drink or something like that or spills her drink she does yeah no she spits um it. you know and she asked june something and june so just blanks her and uh, in fact, no. The other one comes in and says, "No, don't speak to her." You know, they're all kind of treating her like shit because of what she did. Yeah. And the one hand, one, she... one of my favorite moments that comes from this, though, yeah, is uh, is Lydia saying to you, "Going, can you just tell him to cool it?" Yeah, tell your friends to like, kill like, it. Yeah. Don't don't stop it completely. Fine, you know, treat her a bit shitty, whatever. But come on, down a level. Yeah, I. Because on the one hand, she did get someone killed right who as far as they're all concerned and as far as we're concerned obviously didn't deserve to die um yeah but on the other hand the way they're doing it is so childish um it feels it's hard to kind of root for it to the same extent as that feel we should and obviously by the end of the episode because the end of the episode it makes it feel like june had this master plan to try and get her to you know in trouble enough that she'd be killed herself like she her goal was to have off matthew killed in some way um yeah i'm not sure i was really feeling this i don't think i was either it really played weird to me um obviously before we get there we have the scene where after this because of the way they're acting lydia gets keeps them all at the center and they, they form in a circle and june's in the middle and they're having and they point and chant at each at, at the, the the subject yeah the culprit or you know um 
and it's like t- testimony you testify what you've done right and she's like you know whose fault was it and they're all pointing at june saying this is your fault this is your fault blah 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 and june's like aunt lydia of matthew didn't want to have her baby <laughs> and it's like oh and, and again this felt more like school kids and on the one hand i'm like okay she's in this position she none of these people have much power i get why like if this is all they can do to make it clear that what she did has upset them all that what she yeah. did is wrong um you know and it's, it's almost like she, you know, she's an arc right but in, in, a, in a position where being an arc here actually has like a, a horrific thing <laughs> that they shouldn't do uh, yeah. for obvious reasons um and of course you know lydia goes through the process puts of matthew in the middle and you know makes her admit what she was feeling yeah. and gets them all the chant. Cry, baby yeah and they all chant and all, all the rest of it and okay fine and you know at the end of the day lydia says to june thank you for informing me and she's like you're welcome aunt lydia and okay again i was still feeling kind of awkward about this because it, it just it felt so childish the way they were doing it but I, I, again i can understand why it is this way yeah um but when we get to the end of the episode and they're in the the supermarket and lydia wants to talk to june and all she wants to talk to her about is uh what she's decided about june which is to to move her from a, to a different household which obviously june yeah. doesn't want because uh lauren's you know well still she's, a dick she's got some sway there she's got some sway exactly uh but june it, she does she has this shot where she gives like off matthew's watching as if she's worried that she's telling something else about her like that she's being tattled on in some way that she's yeah. conspiring against her and june noticing she's looking at her gives her this like evil little smit smirk like she sort of turns her head and it's just through the the, the cone you know through the wings at the side here smirk it, it's basically a moment made for, just for the poster right? this is the this is the image yeah. you put in the posters her smirking like this and she freaks out off matthew does and yeah. starts beating up janine who's just trying to help her janine's like the only sympathetic one towards her which is interesting because back in season one june was the one who's been sympathetic towards janine but Janine tries to help her, and she just beats up Janine, and then eventually a guardian with a comes can. in. With a can. Yeah, with a can. Uh, and then eventually a guardian comes in, and she starts hitting the, the guardian with a can as well, and essentially either kills or greatly injures the guardian. He's, he's knocked out. And she takes his gun, and I have to say that the, the direction here felt really strange to me. Oh, where it did the, the super barrel it, view. It, it, it did the first person shooter like the view of her looking down but you had the wings on the edge of the frame but you had it looking down the barrel as she's looking around yeah. and she's going to shoot um yeah. i wasn't feeling this this was a really weird scene i honestly even already before we get to that point i wasn't sure i felt of matthew snapping to the amount that she did hmm. i felt like she i never got enough from her to think oh she's about to snap and kill someone and go for a gun that felt like a bit of a leap, but I mean, okay, I can let that slide, I guess. But then, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't really feel June's kind of side of this either. Yeah, I, I could I could have lived with the one side of it. I could have lived with of Matthew doing this, and it wasn't intentional by June. It was just, like, this is what happened because of the bullying. Like, almost in a way to, like, maybe reteach June and the others a lesson as to why they don't just gang up on each other like this. That maybe, you know, they're in but a fragile she's... state as it is relishing in it she's relishing no she, she she basically encourages the the initial snapping and then you know she stays there and she even kind of like you know almost gets lydia shot and I, I almost are we going to kill lydia now like, is this why she got an I, episode that's what i was thinking. when it when she was playing i was like well 
if you're gonna, this is the one to do it, right? Yeah, and because one of the things Jun says in her narration as she comes in, and she's like, you know, I, I now know what so-and-so felt like during this moment, and one of the ones she says is, I know what Emily felt like now, the moment before she stabbed Aunt Lydia in the back, and it's like, oh, you know, maybe this is, uh, not that she necessarily planned for of Matthew to do this, but now that she's in this position, she's going to be like, hey, her, and she can't, you know, she's not just like, what about Lydia? She's the one that's doing all this to you. Um, yeah. uh, of course, she gets taken out by the Guardians before she shoots, but and we end in this shot where the camera just kind of rolls into into June. Um, and she doesn't actually smell right. She just kind of... No, she doesn't. She looks very dead. But it feels like she's about to crack into a smile at yeah. any second. Um, it feels very malicious. And it's funny because we were, we were comparing this to Breaking Bad a few episodes ago and how they were kind of hitting that this is kind of our, you know, our transition period. And I said, yeah, but they can never actually make her as unlikable as Walter because she's still technically at the center of the, the show kind of a hero and a sympathetic figure. This is the f- one scene they've had where I'm like, I'm not sympathetic towards June in this scene. I'm actually kind of... Here's the thing. I've been saying for a long t- Since some point in season two, I think I've been saying on the record on the show that June has been my least favorite character. Uh, you know, my, my least in, you know, least interesting character, right? Sure. Um, and I said at the start of this season that, oh, maybe, you know, making her the spy master and kind of organizing things would make her more interesting and, you know, help out. And it did for a little bit and then they kind of veered away from all that stuff and then i got to this point here and i went i think she's no longer just the the least interesting but i think i actively dislike her now yeah this was an unlikable moment for jun um and it's it's funny because it's unlikable because of how she's treating other handmaids it's unlikable because she's kind of becoming well understandably why she's at this point now She's becoming. But she's treating people who are in the same situation as her. Yeah, she's she's lashing out at others. She's lashing out at others that are in the same position. Position, and she's, you know, and I'm not. I mean, I did like a couple of scenes she had in this episode. I liked, you know, the scene with Lawrence where he kind of concedes and says, "Hey, you're good with the wife. Uh, could you, you know, play yeah. cards well tomorrow?" Kind of thing. And I thought, oh, that was a big step for him to actually kind of like admit that, "Hey, you're good with her. You should spend time with her." And then June kind of throws it back and says, hey, like, you think you're protected by keeping You help create this and it's killing her. Like, you know, keeping her here, you could make one phone call and get her out of here, but you're not because you're being selfish and that's what's destroying her and it's all your yeah. fault. And he's like, I bet that felt good before he walks away. And I like that scene. I thought that was a really well-played scene by both and okay. uh, set, set up, you know, again, the dynamic that they have. And even earlier on when she tries to ask, hey, where did, like, you know, Hannah's family go? He's like, I don't know. I don't know anyone who knows, you know, go to your room leave me alone like their interactions are still very good this um and so the funny thing is is that i'm sure what we're going through right now will be a big deal for a character in terms of whatever she decides to do later in the season but it does kind of feel like this plot uh, we've had these last two episodes it's very much been you know of matthew and her influence and then this episode dealing with that more directly it feels like this subplot if you want to call it that um over the course of these two episodes and it obviously was sprinkled in a little bit before um, has been kind of a weak spot in the show. Yeah, these have easily been my least favorite patch of episodes. Uh... And it's funny because I mean, obviously, I remember laughing a lot at her when she told her to like, you know, bite me. You know, a few episodes ago, I thought yeah. that was a really fun little moment. Um, the actual serious stuff that's came out of it though has felt, I don't know, I don't know. It's, I don't think it's felt really truly earned. I, I don't think. Like of Matthew, you know, told you know, told on the Martha. Don't get me wrong; she did do that, but she didn't do it. I don't believe she did it to spite 
Dune. I think she did kind of believe in what she was doing, the same way that Lydia does, right? Maybe not as strongly as Lydia. She obviously doubts, but I think she did it because it was what she was supposed to do. Yeah, I think a better comparison may actually be Janine. I mean, there's a period certainly where Janine seems to actually want to do whatever Lydia says is the right thing to do, where she wants to be obedient yeah. and be, you know, and just be a good handmaid essentially because she's been broken and i you know i think of matthew as someone who's been broken it joe uh, i don't want to get too specific here because of spoilers but it almost reminds me a little bit of uh Berkel soul uh mm. I'll, I'll just say the line you'll you'll understand what i'm talking about here um you know he's mentally ill what's your excuse like yeah. you know the idea that of matthew has been broken and she's essentially snapped into being this way because this world has beaten her down so much and now she's being victimized for it yeah, and, and like I, said, I think the key thing is we've seen June comfort Janine. You know, season one was a huge deal yeah. with that. And not just victimize her and go, oh, you're, you're being the crazy hit person, right? Yeah. Uh, it was, no, we can still talk to her. As this here was, maybe it was, it was because it was a bit more personal, right? It affected her daughter. Um, but it felt spiteful. It rather did. than yeah. being supportive like she was before and that's inherently a lot more unlikable than than she used to be yeah it did feel spiteful if it, it just like the entire final scene because I, I i'm not sure because you know when let's say walter had a moment like this in breaking bad it was exciting it was like oh like this is what he's becoming this is like because the whole story is essentially a, a tragedy of the downfall or the yeah but it, it got to a point where you you weren't necessarily rooting for him anymore you were just watching the madness unfold you were always invested in, in what the the beats of the story were though whereas yeah. here with, with june it just it's ringing a little bit weird it's ringing a little bit false and maybe unearned is the right term for it maybe it is just a, a pure case of we're, we're rushing to this too quickly without building up to it yeah um you know but, i mean because i like her being more ballsy you know i i do kind of like her like you know earlier on with lydia she says something like uh are you gonna like you know cut out my tongue may not look so good if i'm needing on tv again kind of thing like she's kind of pushing it she's pushing yeah, the luck she's talking back to the people in, in you know the positions of authority that's been pretty solid all season yeah um, um so i still like that i think stuff. I, mean, I think like I, said, I think the key difference is here is her taking it out on someone who's also got no power someone who's also being victimized and bullied by the system of matthew she uh, opened up to her and said and, and told her she was scared and didn't and this felt different, this pregnancy, right? Mm -hmm. And instead of being sympathetic and trying to help, she just used that and went, hey, Lydia. And yeah. that's that's quite vicious. Yeah, was, I mean, her acting's good because a lot of the glancing she gives during this, where she's like glancing oh, yeah. off Matthew or, or Lydia, all of that stuff looks great in terms of oh, yeah, performance yeah, no, no doubt about that i think i think for this to work in the long run like i mean we can we can agree that it's been a, a rough couple of episodes and there'll always be a rough couple of episodes but i think for it to work in the context of the show overall i think she has to learn that what she did here was not right she has to like have regret over this at some point i think so yeah because if this if this becomes a moment that she's you know still proud of that she did this that's uh, it's hard for her to cut to to get over, right? Whereas if she regrets it and is like, okay, no, you know, she she was broken by the system herself and made a mistake. That's uh, it's more forgivable in the long run. Yeah, I and mean, don't get me wrong. There's something to be said here where like this society is creating and turning people like June and others and the handmaids into monsters themselves. The idea that they're only becoming this because this is what they feel they need to become it, to survive. Yeah, it kind of goes back to you know Emily. Last episode, the episode before, you know, yeah. she was just in the jail cell. So, oh, you know, that place makes us into killers. 
Yeah, which, I mean, arguably thematically does kind of tie in nicely with that plot. It's just, it just it feels a bit rushed and unearned. Because I, I think there's some dramatic points to be made that, that are very valid about what, what she's becoming because of what this world has done to her. But yeah, it's just, the moment rang really weird for me. And I think a lot, some of it was in the direction, you know, that POV gunshot was really... That, that was kind of ugly. It was ugly. It felt like it felt very garish. I feel like the first two seasons, season one especially, but I think season two felt you know really solid or directed. This season's had a lot of great direction moments as well, but it's definitely had the most out of the whole show moments where I go, that's a a very kind of in your face choice. So that's a very yeah. There was a couple of things that were too blatant, uh, yeah. odd choices. We've spoke a couple of times. I remember, you know, was it uh, was it the start of last episode where they were doing the the, the hanging and and we were like, we didn't get the the direction at the start with the the feeling that it was going for being a you know, routine mm-hmm. um uh, obviously there's the angel wings which is just kind of in your face and over the top and yeah, this yeah. gun kind of was in that kind of was like oh let's do this because it'll, it'll it's stylish we'll just do it because it's stylish it rather felt than, like was, oh this will look cool and yeah it, it really didn't yeah um well, you know whereas going back to season one and season two i feel like the direction was always impeccable even even if you had complaints with anything else it always felt like it was it was doing exactly what it wanted to do and how to you know reveal because because i used to i mean i remember season one i used to talk a lot about how they directed it in terms of we only saw things if it was something that jin could also see so you know if she had the wings on it was a lot of tight close-ups if you know if if it went you know wider you know and when she went to the library with with uh with fred it became like much more open shots because she was allowed to be kind of more free in there so like it, it always matched what was going on in the scenes Whereas this season, I feel there's a lot of dramatic over the top things, like you know, even that zoom in at the end, on the zoom in, the track in at the end into into June, yeah, felt like just a little bit over the top. It does feel like we've lost some of the nuance that we had in the direction. Like let's say even in season two, like that episode in the snow. Was... Episode in the snow. Um, I always remember the opening where they go to the, the baseball stadium. Uh, I remember thinking uh, yeah. that was impeccable. Following was around, running around the stadium, that those shots. Mm-hmm. Like some excellent stuff. No, really good this, so. uh, direct just hasn't been as strong has it there's been some questionable choices even though there have been some good moments for sure yeah I, I do wonder I do wonder, I'm going to click on the director for the episode and see like if if they did previous episodes they've been around um, yeah they've been around since season one this director uh, Mike Barker for this that episode baffles me then as to where this it implies to me that the choice is coming from above the directors for some of these things, like the the gun barrel. Yeah, because he had two episodes in season one, then one, two, three, four, five in season two, and then one, two, three, four, and five in season three. But the the next one he's got is the uh, finale. So, mm. did he do the last one as well? Um, I don't know. I have to click on it and find out. Oh, sorry, he did. <laughs> yeah, episode seven. That's interesting because those because I think these two are some of the ones who've had the biggest problems with directionally. You know, the, mm. the opening scene of last episode and you know and this uh, ending scene of this one are probably directionally speaking the two biggest flaws uh, we've had this season yet. Yeah, he did one and two, then seven and eight, and now he's done thirteen. So it's mm. maybe a little less excited for for the. For well, the I wonder. He only did two in episode, season one. I wonder if season one, like, because given that he's doing the opening and closing episodes, it feels like he's the head director. It does, yeah. Uh, I wonder if that wasn't the case back in season one and two necessarily. Uh, yeah, season, season a more established style. Yeah, uh, season two it seemed like he was though because he did do the first one. Um, so, mm. but season one certainly not. So I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know what to read into that there, but. 
Yeah, a couple of couple of weaker episodes of this show for me. Um, it's real disappointing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see if it has an upswing. Uh, it very well could have because I I don't think it's doing anything that's kind of tarnishing the whole show. But I do think June has to regret what she did this episode. It just it feels because you know these two episodes in particular I've really you know, maybe disliked is a bit too strong, but have, have certainly been the weakest. Yeah, but, um, um, and- I, I was having some problems before that with like you know with with Serena's stuff. Uh, there was no, yeah, no Waterfords in this episode, uh, no, at all, uh, which is interesting because you know they were because I was I was half expecting to see her at the the birthing thing. I was oh yeah, that's right, she's not even in the same town anymore. She's in Washington. Stuff in Washington, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, so is June actually being taken away from Lawrence? Did that get established at the end, or did it just get interrupted and we're not sure what happens? Exactly? Uh, interrupted. We don't we don't know if that's definitely yeah. going on yet. Um, it feels weird to actually remove her from Lawrence if if. Because we've barely done anything there. Yeah, no. Um, I imagine he'll intercept, maybe, and maybe stop yeah, yeah. stop it from happening. But we'll see. Um, maybe there will be there'll be a little bit a whole plot of like convincing Lydia that there's a good place for her or something. I don't know. I think one of the interesting things that came out of that for me in terms of dialogue, you know, was a uh, June said, "Well, I thought you know Lawrence requested me specifically." Is like, well, tough shit. You can't do anything. And you know, and Lydia, you know, throws back, oh well, there's there's commanders more important than he is. Which I thought was interesting given that we'd seen already that she was the one making the decision. Uh you know, implying that she'll just use someone else's name to, to kind of rubber stamp it. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not that she power. actually has that much power, but she knows how to play the game to or play the system to make it work yeah. in her favour, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't need her to like regret what she did next episode, but I think by the end of the season it has to be a dramatic point. Yeah, I agree. It has to be a dramatic point where she kind of breaks down because of what she's done, uh, or or not even that doesn't necessarily have to break down, I suppose, but just you know in some way uh, regrets mm. it. So uh, we'll see what happens next week. But that was uh, episode eight of of The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, season 3 so let us know what you think of the episode in the comments below if you want to support the show and everything we do here uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash mailfuzztv where you can support us for as little as $1 per month and you get bonuses exclusives and some early stuff uh, you can of course follow us on twitter at mailed underscore fuzz you can like and subscribe and all the usual things that help us out uh, but otherwise that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching TV guys have you got any vanilla <laughs>